digging out backpacks and finding indoor shoes and water bottles and all of those last minute things that we had to pull together to send our kids off to school. And it just reminded me of when I transitioned from being in grade six in elementary school and left elementary school behind and went to junior high grade seven. And the junior high that I went to had three different elementary schools feeding into it. And so the first week of school was just getting to know the other kids and trying to make new friends. And I was always a bit of a socially awkward kid and had trouble connecting. And so I would often just find myself on the fringes of groups, on the fringes and the edges of conversations. And there was this uh, one day where a whole bunch of kids were sitting in a line and I joined them. We were in the gym, sitting on the edge of the stage, our feet kind of dangling, just hanging out at lunchtime. And a pretty girl walked in and came along the line and she went to the first kid in line and she pointed and said, cool. Then she went to the second kid cool. She went to the third kid, that poor third kid, not cool. And I watched with dread as she went down the line and just in a snap judgment, instantly labeled each kid either cool or not cool. And she was just getting closer and closer until finally she pointed at me and she said, not cool. My poor little 12-year-old heart was broken in that moment. It was my first taste of the sting of rejection. Can you think of a time when you faced rejection? Rejection hurts. Rejection is painful. It stings, even when it's a small thing. Uh, when I was a young man, I went clothes shopping. I was going to spruce up my wardrobe, and I went out, and I picked out a whole bunch of clothes, and I brought it up to the counter, and I went to pay with my debit card, and my debit card was rejected. And then they ran it again, and it was rejected again. And I was like, no, no, I have money in my account. I, pro I have money. Can we try it just one more time? Third time, rejected. I was just a young man. I didn't have cash in my wallet. I didn't have a credit card or another means of payment. And so I had to leave all those clothes that I had picked out on the counter and then just do that walk of shame out of the store. Like, I promise, I have money. I have money as I was leaving. Have you experienced rejection? Uh, maybe you've had uh, the challenge of looking for work and putting yourself out there and putting out resumes and taking interviews and then never hearing anything back. Just that feeling of like, man, is something wrong? Is there a spelling mistake I don't know about? Am I, am I not answering the questions correctly? Why is this not working? Uh, maybe you've gone on to social media and had the experience of seeing pictures of all of your friends at a social event that you didn't get an invitation to. I'm looking at this like, is this a no Peter's party? Like everyone else is here that I know. It hurts, it stings when we feel rejected. Uh, maybe you went on a great first date, but then got turned down for that second date. Oh, maybe it, it wasn't such a good first date. I thought it was a great first date. Uh, maybe... You're trying to uh, connect with your spouse and you're planning out a romantic evening together only to hear, 
not tonight. Oh, oh, it's a little rejection there. Oh. Rejection hurts. It stings. And, and I know that there are even more serious and painful examples of being rejected. I know that there are some who have faced the challenge and the pain and the wounds that come from broken relationships. People in your family that you would like to have connection with that you don't. Not being able to talk or connect with your children. These things are incredibly painful and wounding. I know that there are some that have experienced rejection based on what you look like, or based on the color of your skin and the pain and the wounds that comes from experiencing rejection. Rejection hurts. It's so challenging. It's so painful. Today we're going to look in our Bibles at Genesis chapter 4. We're going to look at the account of Cain, a man who experienced rejection. And when he experienced rejection, it began to reveal some things that were happening inside of him. So if you have your Bible, I would love for you to join me. Genesis chapter 4, we're going to start in verse 1. And this is right at the beginning of the Bible. So let me give you the context of everything that's happened so far. We're only four chapters in. So God is the creator. He has made everything. And God makes Adam, and he makes Eve, and he puts them in paradise, this beautiful garden. And he gives them one rule. But then Adam and Eve, they fall to temptation. They rebel against God. They break his one rule, and they are forced to leave paradise, this garden that's so beautiful that's been their home. And now they find themselves outside of this beautiful place. And that's where we're going to pick it up today in Genesis chapter 4, starting in verse 1, I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. It says, Now Adam had sexual relations with his wife Eve, and she became pregnant. When she gave birth to Cain, she said, With the Lord's help I have produced a man. Later she gave birth to his brother and named him Abel. When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd, while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of the crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. Why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. But you must subdue it and be its master. Okay, we're going to pause there. We're going to come back to the rest of this account in just a, a few moments. But for now, let's take a look at what we've seen. Cain brings an offering to the Lord. Uh, it, he's not commanded to. He seems to do this of his own will. He wants to do this. And so he is a farmer. He cultivates the ground. And it's harvest time. So he gathers up some of what he's grown. And he takes it and presents it to the Lord. 
And his little brother Abel also comes and brings some of what he has. And they make their offerings to God. But Cain and his offering are rejected. They are not accepted by God. How do you respond to rejection? Cain is furious. Cain is dejected. I think when we look at this, we can maybe kind of understand a little bit of what Cain is experiencing here and why his reaction is so strong. Cain seems to care about his offering. I mean, he willingly brings it to the Lord. And I think his reaction shows us that he really did care. I think the other thing is that it's safe for us to say that Cain was surprised to have his offering rejected. He did not go into this thinking that it was going to be rejected. And so it's surprise. And then uh, Cain, this is a public rejection. This is not a, a private rejection by God. I mean, his little brother Abel is right there seeing the whole thing. Seeing that Cain has failed in his offering. And not only that, but Abel succeeds. His offering is accepted. So it's embarrassing. It's a a shot to his pride. He's surprised by this. And Cain reacts in being furious and dejected. And then the Lord comes and speaks to Cain. God cares about Cain. And he comes and he begins to ask him some questions. Like a good parent asking questions of his child God asks him questions. And now in the Bible, when God asks a question, it's not because he doesn't know the answer. But he wants Cain to consider some things that are going on inside of himself. And so God comes to him and says, hey, Cain, why do you react with anger? Cain, why are you feeling sorry for yourself right now? Are you really justified to feel the way you feel? Notice that God doesn't punish Cain for his reaction. There's no punishment here. The the reaction, the feelings that Cain has. But God is asking him to consider, hey, why? Why are you reacting this way? Why are you feeling this way? And God points to future opportunities for Cain. Hey, you will be accepted if you do what's right. All you got to do, Cain, is do this the right way and it'll be accepted. And so God is showing that it's necessary for Cain to change. God's standard isn't going to change. God's not going to lower the basketball hoop to make it easier for Cain to dunk the ball. His standard stays the same, but he's saying, hey, Cain, you got to change. And when you present this the right way, when you bring the right offering, it will be accepted. But if Cain won't change, God says, if you refuse to do what's right, then sin is crouching at the door. And so here in this moment, as Cain is furious, as Cain is dejected, Cain is being tempted internally. Sin is crouching at the door of his heart. Now, what is sin? 
Now, the Bible doesn't just have like a, a simple uh, one-sentence answer for sin. It's a very complex thing that we see throughout the Bible. But in this context of what we see here, sin is rebelling against God. Sin is if Cain will choose to do what's wrong instead of what's right, then that's sin. And God uses language to describe sin like a wild animal. That is crouching, ready to pounce. That sin wants to consume you, to dominate you, to destroy you. I mean, imagine going camping and being tenting. It's the middle of the night, and you gotta get out of your tent, and so you're fumbling to find the zipper, and you gotta zip open the door, and you gotta push the flaps all over. And then, if you're a big person like me, you gotta get like one leg out, and you gotta duck and get out of your tent, and then you're standing there, and then you see there's a cougar, there's a mountain lion just sitting there watching you, licking its chops, watching the whole little dance that you're doing, completely unaware. So you're getting out of your tent. That's what God is saying sin is. It's sitting there. It's watching you. It wants to control you. It wants to get its teeth and claws into you. When faced with rejection, how do you respond? When you feel angry, when you feel despondent, what do you open the door to? What do you turn to in your anger? What do you run to when you're feeling down? Where do you turn? God says to beware that sin is crouching at the door of your heart. What are you going to open your heart up to? God gives Cain a clear warning. Sin is crouching at the door. And God gives instruction on what Cain is to do. You must subdue it and be its master. But Cain doesn't heed the Lord's instruction. Cain is in a struggle against sin. Who is going to come out on top? Will Cain master his sinful desires to do what's wrong? Or will he lose control? Will he yield control to sin? Let's return to our passage, Genesis chapter 4. We stopped at verse 7. Let's pick it up at verse 8. It says, One day Cain suggested to his brother, Let's go into the fields. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Afterward, the Lord asked Cain, look at these questions that God asks Cain. Where is your brother? Where is Abel? I don't know, Cain responded. Am I my brother's guardian? But the Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are cursed and banished from the ground, which has swallowed your brother's blood. No longer will the ground yield good crops for you, no matter how hard you work. From now on, you will be a homeless wanderer on the earth. 
And Cain replied to the Lord, My punishment is too great for me to bear. You have banished me from the land and from your presence. You have made me a homeless wanderer. Anyone who finds me will kill me. The Lord replied, No, for I will give, you a, I will give a sevenfold punishment to anyone who kills you. Then the Lord put a mark on Cain to warn anyone who might try to kill him. So Cain left the Lord's presence and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. <coughs> Cain doesn't heed God's warning and instruction. Cain killed innocent Abel. Abel's blood cried out against Cain. And Cain brings a curse upon himself. Cain's sin has consequences. It alienates him. Cain leaves God behind and he wanders away. I think that when we look at an account like Cain's, it's unfortunate that we are more like Cain than we would care to admit. Rejection can make us angry and despondent. We ignore God's warnings. We open the door to sin. We may not go to the extremes of Cain who killed his brother, but our sinful actions hurt those who are closest to us. Our sin is a curse that leads to death. And our sin separates us from God. It alienates us from others. And left unchecked, it can cost us everything we hold dear. I mean, look at what happens to Cain. He is separated from his extended family. Cain loses his career. He can't be a farmer anymore. The ground won't grow anything for him. He's got to start all over. Cain is separated from God spiritually and physically. And everything that Cain goes on to build and all of his descendants, the Bible tells us, are later destroyed in the global flood. It's the end of Cain's line completely. Cain is a sobering reminder of the seriousness of sin. In Cain, we see a tragedy to avoid. But for those of us who are Christians, we can look back at this account and see how Jesus did what Cain did not. Cain is the firstborn son who killed his brother and lost everything. But Jesus came as a firstborn son who laid down his life and gained everything. Jesus did what Cain did not do. When we examine the life of Jesus, we see that he was rejected again and again. Jesus' own family didn't believe that he was the Messiah until after his resurrection. When Jesus went to his hometown, they rejected his teaching and they wanted to push him off of a rocky precipice. One of Jesus' closest friends rejected him three times. And many of Jesus' followers turned their back and walked away from him 
when they didn't understand his teaching on eating his flesh and drinking his blood like we partook of today in communion. When Jesus wanted to go to a Samaritan village, he sent a runner ahead, and the Samaritan village said, no, we we don't want you, you're not welcome here. And two of Jesus' disciples were so angry and upset about this that they wanted to call fire from heaven to burn up the village. But Jesus reprimanded them. Jesus never responded to rejection with anger or despondency. Jesus never gives in to temptation. He never opens the door to sin. Cain and his offering were rejected. But Jesus faced the ultimate rejection on the cross. On the cross, Jesus is the offering. His sinless life is offered up as a sacrifice. And Jesus takes upon himself the sins of all his people for all time. And the judgment for those sins. The full wrath of God. The full judgment against sin is focused on Jesus on the cross. Jesus faces the ultimate rejection. He is fully forsaken as he bears our sin on the cross and dies in our place. He dies fully forsaken because of our sin. Cain's story is a tragedy. But the story of Jesus is good news. That three days later, Jesus rose from the dead in glory. That he conquered sin and death. That where Cain bears the mark of his sin and God put a mark of protection on him, Jesus bears the marks of his victory on his hands and on his feet. And Jesus has given us his Holy Spirit that lives in us so that now we can do what Cain could not. When we face rejection, we remember Jesus and how he bore the ultimate rejection for us. When sin is crouching at the door, we can resist it. We can stand firm against sin, wearing the armor of God. We can resist the devil. We can escape from temptation. We can subdue sin and be its master, not because we've earned it, but because Jesus won the victory for us. Sin is still deadly. It's still a wild animal that wants to control us. But we stand firm against it. And when we open the door to sin and we allow sin into our life, when we mess everything up, when sin sinks its teeth into us, we know it is not the end. It is not the end. We can face the consequences. We can pick ourselves up and in the grace of Jesus Christ, we stand firm again. In my life, I logically know that sin wants to destroy me. 
that sin is so dangerous. But time goes by, and I start to look at that wild cat as more of a house cat. I can handle that. I forget about the wounds its claws and teeth have caused in my life. And I think I've got it mastered. I stop being wary. I think it's, it's finally gone. It's safe to open the door. And when I do, that wild cat of sin attacks and gets its claws into me again. I know many of us here bear the scars and wounds of our sinful choices. But what an opportunity we have to celebrate the healing work of Jesus in our lives. To share with others of the danger of sin, but of the beautiful kindness of Jesus that leads us to repentance and healing. In this life, you will face rejection. There will be times when you are furious. There are going to be times when you are dejected. What will you do next? Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. What are you going to open the door of your heart to? To sin? You know, it's the first book of the Bible in Genesis that tells us that sin is crouching at the door. But it's in the last book of the Bible in Revelation that Jesus tells us, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And so who are we going to open the door of our heart to? When we're dejected, when we're angry, when we're so hurt, when we're feeling rejected, we can open the door to Jesus, invite him in again. And in the grace of Jesus, we stand firm against sin. Jesus Christ came on a rescue mission to save sinners like me and you. And on the cross, he bore our sin and took upon himself the judgment that was meant for us. He was utterly rejected so that we can be accepted. And so if you're like Cain today and you have wandered from God, if you feel far from him today, know that you are loved and accepted because of Jesus. And I urge you today to turn to Jesus. Let his kindness lead you to repentance. And if you're ready to turn from sin to Jesus, and I would encourage you, would you pray this prayer with me? And if you're here today as a follower of Jesus, can we pray this prayer together? Would you repeat this simple prayer after me, just from your heart? Can we say, dear Jesus, would you rescue me from sin and death? I believe that only you can save me. That you died and rose again for me. I open my heart to you today. Would you come into my life and be my Lord? Amen. 
Amen. The Bible tells us that when we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, that we will be saved. And so we can leave this place today in the confidence of knowing that nothing can separate us from the love of Jesus. Well, if you prayed that prayer today from your heart, maybe for the first time or the first time in a long time, then I encourage you to tell somebody, share that with someone. If you're here, you can come up to the front and, and share it with us. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to pray with you. If you're watching online, I invite you to put it in the comments or send us a private message. We would love to hear from you and be able to reach out to you. And church, thank you so much for joining us today on this long weekend. God bless you, and we'll see you next Sunday.